Relationship Intention Member Story with Kara V. Kara, thank you so much for coming on what is now kind of like the Life with Intention online podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a Canadian, but I'm living in Luxembourg with my husband who's French, and we have six children. And yeah, life is pretty fun. A little busy though. Yeah. How long have you been living there? We were in France for about 13 years, and then we've been here for almost four. So I've been in Europe for quite a while. Do you love it? I do. I I love Luxembourg. It's awesome. Okay. What's your favorite part about Life with Intention online so far? It's not just one particular thing, but as I'm going through and I'm listening to all the little videos, everything just sort of clicks. And it's like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm agreeing with you a lot. It just seems right. It just, it just clicks. I don't know how to describe it more than that, but it just, just feels right. Great. Well, I love that, right? It's probably not a surprise because you probably asked your intuition if it was a fit for you and you probably heard yes. So there's a reason it's clicking, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is your relationship intention. What relationship specifically, or is this all of your relationships are you focusing on? No, I want to focus mainly on my children because there's there's a lot of them. And I'm really good at organizing. I can get everyone where they need to be at the right time and making sure everyone has everything. You know, if they have their gym bag and if they have music that day, that stuff I find really easy. It's the actual parenting, six of them, six different ages, six different needs, six different personalities. So I want to focus on uh, my relationships with them. That's beautiful. So let's start with your step one, the intention for it. So what is the intention for your relationship with your kids? To enjoy the wonder of a loving, nurturing, comforting relationship with my children. I love that. I put in wonder because being a parent is almost like being a kid again, because you get to experience the wonder of childhood as they discover all these new things and they're, you know, playing with their toys and imagining stuff. So it's, it's really, I don't know, I like the word wonder and I wanted to stick that in as well. I love that. Okay, so can you share for everyone the values within that so that they can hear the specific values you have within that intention? First of all, when I asked my intuition, I just practically screamed at me love. So my base value for everything was love. And then I have to enjoy because I really want to have fun with the kids. Wonder, nurture, and comfort. I love that. Okay, so though we have enjoy, wonder, love, nurture, comfort. All right, a little bit of a lot. Do you find that this is easy to remember day to day? No. no. Okay. So let's see if we can simplify. Now this could be the full long version of it, but when you're day to day with your kids, right? And they're all over and they're, you know, running around and stuff, this could be easy to forget. I actually, in my relationship, when I had four values with my former partner and I would be, especially if some tensions were high for some reason, (laughs) I could not remember all four of them. It was impossible for me. So I realized later, simplifying, especially in a relationship one, can be really powerful to just make it easier to remember when you really want to remember it, right? In the times where it's more difficult to act in those values. So what do you think we could do to encapsulate all of the meanings of these into something that might be a shortened version that you can remember day to day? So it's not that we have to remove this altogether, but how can we shorten this up so it's easier for you to recall? Well, I did have, again, my intuition sort of talked to me when I was trying to think of um, like a new phrase, something I could, almost like a mantra I could say over my head. And that was be their safe haven. Oh. I think that kind of brings everything in together. Like it jumped out. It like shocked me when I heard it. And I'm like, that is so 
perfect. That's so what I need to hear. And it has stopped me in my tracks. When I can think to say it, sometimes I'm like, just, you know, get your shoes on, let's go. And it's, you know, it, I can't, I can't think of it. But when I do think of it and I step back, it really just stops me cold in my tracks and I can sort of bring myself to be who I want to be, even if it's only for, you know, 15 seconds before it gets crazy again. Oh, that's so beautiful. Here, I'd love to ask you a question for others listening too. So you read us one that has about five or six values in five values in there. And then you had this one and you didn't write this one down. What do you think stopped you from making this be their safe haven, your intention initially? I don't know. I think because it came afterwards, it was sort of when I was working through the homework. So I had the intention and I was working through it and also had my homework next to me for lesson two for possessions. And I wanted to sort of work on my home and make my home sort of a cozy, warm place. And that was just there. And I think the two of them sort of came together to make not only the home, but me to be their safe haven somewhere that can go and just feel safe and feel like I'm there for them. And I'm sort of their rock. I love this. Okay. So if you have it for your possessions and your relationships or multiple relationships, it's kind of what we would call, it's just a little term. You don't have to, it's not important, but we call it an umbrella value or an umbrella intention. So it just means that it's kind of covering multiple areas at the same time because you have the same values for those areas in multiple categories. So that's really cool, really easy to remember. It's really resonating with you. And that's fantastic. And it's great that it came through probably like, you know, thinking about your values, this sounds like it resonates and is the cozier sweater for you of the two, right? Yeah, because like it's come to me so many times in this past, I guess it's a week now since I've gone through the homework, but the uh, the longer one, it's it's a mouthful and it's, it's everything I want to do, but I think that the Be Their Safe Haven sort of takes it all into one. Done. Okay. So that's the intention. We're just going to say the other one's wonderful. And if you ever feel like, you know, going, how can I dip into wonder more? How can I dip more into nurturing? You know, you can go back to those later, but yeah, if you're remembering and this one's making that shift in you, that brings you right to the present moment and right to the aspects of yourself you want with them and your values and peace and joy done and done. So, okay. The new intention is be their safe haven, but just still just like a upgrade of the old one we started with. What are the actions you want to do to be their safe haven? One thing is I want to be calmer because the house is crazy. Well, not always, but, you know, it can get really loud and everyone's trying to talk at once. So I kind of want to be the calm that sort of levels everything out. But it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's a really interesting one. With that one... It's kind of vague. When we're actually looking at the homework here, this is kind of an action plan. So being calmer, let's think about the things you could do to strengthen your ability to be calm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I find that when I'm like, if I'm up before them, because I have little ones who like to get up and jump on my bed, mommy, good morning. So if I'm ready for that, I'm calmer. If I get up and I, even if I'm not even dressed, but I, you know, I'm awake and I brush my teeth and stuff. Even just those five minutes make me calmer when, you know, I'm not fighting the getting up bit. Yeah. You're getting up for you rather than them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's really easy. So that's like setting your alarm for a little bit sooner than they get up. Yeah. Well, (laughs) sometimes they're up at 530 and you have no choice, but you know, even with that, when that happens to get up with them, it's even better than lying in bed and saying, go away. (laughs) Yeah. So that helps. I think also screens for everyone is a, a big step. They can be on their screens more so they have more imagination time when they do have free time. And me as well. It doesn't help if I'm on my phone and they're, and they're trying to talk to me. So I think 
that was a big thing that came to me is I want to just decrease screen time for everyone. Okay. So what does that actually look like for you? What kind of action would you want to do about the screen time? Maybe setting a schedule for them. We do have it when they're on vacation, but during school time, it's harder to, because they don't have a regular, once their homework's done, it could be like an hour, it could be an hour and a half. So what their free time during school isn't as structured. So it's hard to kind of get them on a schedule for video games and things. So that's something I to do is to figure out when they are on screens and sort of figure out how they it could be more structured. Yeah, like to be more deliberate about it. Deliberate screen time. I like deliberate. Right? It just makes it more about the focus of when they're on it versus the lack of it. Yeah. It's like we're giving you this time for the dedication to the screens instead of we're taking away the time of dedication to the screens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. So you're like, hey, we're going to give you deliberate screen time. (laughs) And it might be less than what you've currently been doing, but we're saying this is really yours to own. It's kind of different to say, it's more of an abundance mentality for the kids especially to say that. So just a little, just rebranding, if you will, (laughs) of that one. But you're going to figure out what the deliberate time makes sense for them versus how we're going to restrict it. Yeah, I like that. Okay. And so we're going to get up a little bit before them. We're going to find some deliberate screen time that makes sense for them. And do you have any other actions you wanted to do? Yeah. Maybe when I, I, I'm thinking maybe they don't, this is action for them, but maybe they don't have enough responsibilities because when I ever ask them to do something, they look at me like they're a little prince and they, (laughs) they should not do that. And then sometimes when I do give them responsibilities or do give them something to do, then I won't check on their work. And so they'll go to school and I'll go in. I'm like, oh, I asked him to clean his room. And all he's done is, you know, put his clothes in the laundry, but there's still books and everything else everywhere. So I think I have to also follow up. So I think this is a two-step thing to give them the responsibility, but and also make sure that they've done it. Accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a suggestion for you here as an action. If it resonates for you, could you consider researching a little bit the seven habits of highly effective families? I'm pretty sure Stephen Covey, who had seven kids, I believe. So he also had a large family too. And he, oh, he's, I would have loved to have Stephen Covey as a parent to just hearing from the seven habits of highly effective people. Some of the stories he shares, of course, you don't know what he's like behind the scenes, but the stories I hear from what he shared, they were so powerful. And I think he has a whole book to dedicated to families. So just even knowing the pieces, like I said, of the original book, I can only imagine that the family's book, though I have not read it, could be really fascinating because I know that he describes this whole time where he and his family met to talk about responsibilities for each child and family member. And they put everything, including who's going to pay the mortgage, who's going to pay the utilities and all these things. And of course, they're like, well, dad's going to do that. Dad's going to do that. And then they see all the things that the parents are doing. And then it was like, well, who's going to clean the dishes and who's going to do these other things? operating as a family. They also made a family mission statement, which I'm sure you could adapt to values-based intention for the family, letting the family create that for like everybody having a say in it. Oh, I love that. I didn't know there was a family one. Yeah, I think there is. So check it out if there is, or if there's not, obviously there's some stories within the main book, but I think for you, go straight to the one that's tailored to exactly what you're focused on. Like I said, I'm not vetting it. I haven't read it yet. I'm sure I probably will when I have a family, but might be an interesting place about the responsibility side to inspire how you want to implement that one. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. What do you believe will be the outcomes from getting up before them, having deliberate screen time and finding family responsibilities and defining them? I think that for me, I will have more patience with them. And from that, I'll probably get across at them less. 
with them, also between us, I think there'll be more connections and there'll be more mutual respect. And for them, I think there'll be less fighting because they've been fighting a lot lately. And hopefully they'll get their chores done, especially if, if we do this with the mission statement. They'll get their chores done, but they'll do them happily because they'll know maybe that all the stuff that I actually do do. Yeah, I think that the big thing I remember from the parts of the original book, the highly effective people version, was that he said that the family had to have total buy-in. Like everyone on the family had to feel like this was a reflection of what they believed for them to really be into it instead of just like the parents handing down, well, this is what the family believes. And then the kids are, are meant to follow. Yeah, that's really neat. I like that. And so what's cool is also, so these are things you think will happen. If they don't, you could also, in terms of being calmer, you could obviously continue to try to get up before them, but maybe you even, if that's not working for you as much as you'd like, could try to practice and play around with the idea of meditation at different points in your day or in maybe in the morning or something like that. If the calmness just from getting up alone isn't working for you, that could be something to consider. You could also play around and you'll just tweak these different things. Maybe you'll change the amount of deliberate time they have on the screens or the responsibilities or how you guys implement them. So what's cool is that you're not stuck in stone with these actions. You can play around with the actions as you get results and see if they are in alignment with the outcomes you thought you would get or tweak them if they're not. Okay, perfect. Cool. Okay, now let's move on to step two. So in order to do these three things we've just talked about, what's going to be needed to be removed and what's going to need to be included? For removal, well, the screen time, I think, or more deliberate, or even just if it's instead of 15 minutes here and 10 minutes there, it's sort of concentrated. And then also I find that they just sort of waste time, especially with homework. They'll sit there and they'll be distracted by their brother or sister, or, you know, they waste a lot of time. And if they just sat down and buckled down and did it, it means for them, it's removing wasted time. But for me, it means adding in like the idea that came into my head is sort of like a security guard watching over them, make sure they're getting it done. But it's a little harsh, but just, you know, being there to make sure that they're not wasting time. Because sometimes if I'm with one of them, then the other one will get distracted. Okay. So one thing you could think about is as you're removing the screen time, what you're going to include, what do you think they'll do instead of the screen time? I've got down connections. So basically they can either free play with each other or they can do crafts with me or we can have chats with my older kids or snuggles. I've got chats and snuggles because I don't really snuggle with my 15-year-old. But like, you know, so I chat with the older ones and snuggle with the younger ones. Oh, that's great. And then how about obviously the getting up, you're going to remove five minutes of sleeping <laughs> for the five minutes of getting up. Yeah. And it's mostly the weekdays. It's okay. I can, I'm always up before them, but it's, it's mostly the weekends. And that's when I find that it gets a little crazy in the mornings. Yeah. And then the one about the seven habits, let's say you're going to go read that or listen to that. Do you have time in your day already where you're already reading or listening to things? Yes. Okay, good. So we don't have to make time out of nowhere for that. That's just going to be woven into that time that you're already taking. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that's pretty simple and straightforward, removing and including. Now let's move on. Step three, identifying resistance. Is there any resistance to any of these you foresee coming up? Yeah. <laughs> I have no patience. Like for, I suppose for someone who has six children, I'm pretty patient, but I can lose my temper pretty quickly. So there's that. There's also the lure of screens because if it beeps, you know, when I'm talking to my kid, of course, you know, there's the, I, I won't go get it. But as soon as we're done, I'm going to go look at my phone type thing. And it's the same for them. As soon as they come home, they have a snack. They've got their iPad in my face. Can I have the coat so I can go on my, can I go on my iPad? 
Another one is I'm an introvert, so I really, really need peace and quiet. So I just have to make sure that I can get it in my day. And sometimes I just need a lot more. Some days I just need more quiet. And it's not always quiet here. Yeah. So how can we overcome and help to identify ways of of addressing these things? Because these are real... I mean, I could understand the peace and quiet one. How do you think you could create a way of getting that in your life more when you need it? Oftentimes, if I just ask them to go play for 15 minutes so I can sit with a cup of tea, that usually works. But oftentimes, they'll come in every three minutes needing something. Just, I just want to tell you one thing. Just, just one thing. But if I can get that, usually retire just me. Could you go away? Could you go lock yourself in your room for 15 minutes and then they can't get to you? I could. I never even thought of that. I think that might work because I usually just sit in the kitchen because that's where I drink my tea. I never thought of that. What if you tried like a five-minute body meditation and 10 minutes of just a cup of tea in your room with a locked door? Yeah. I don't know if I get 15 minutes. Well, you know, they. I mean, obviously they're not going to die with that. I don't think they're going to go to therapy about that. So I think we could probably try it, right? Just experiment with it. Why don't you just try it a few times? Because they're going to, you know, adapt to what you're giving them. If you cave in those 15 minutes and they're going to go, oh, if I just complain enough, now I know mom will open the door on the third cry. But, you know, if it's not life or death situation here and it's not like a little one that doesn't understand these things, maybe it's possible. Yeah, I think it could be. Even if I just started slow and went for five minutes and then worked it up, that might work too. Yeah, exactly. There's so many ways, but me that's just from Abraham Hicks, actually. They say, go walk yourself in your room and you can't have alignment with your kids. <laughs> so I'm literally suggesting the exact uh, thing. Not that they were necessarily saying it. They probably were saying it literally, to be honest, but it sounds kind of like a joke, but maybe you could actually try it if you think it would fit to actually help you actually get that space because you're going to be a better mom 15 minutes later than the mom you're going to be those 15 minutes before. Exactly. I love that. Okay. And that would actually support the patience and calmness probably too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What if you even built it in? What if you actually just make it every day at 4 to 4.15? This is my ritual for myself. Yeah, I could. Because <laughs> once you need it, you're already past the point of the patience and calmness. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Does that sound like a fun thing to try? Yeah, it really does. I like my bedroom. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, maybe that's something to try. It's like, what if I institute my own, like they have screen time and I have this deliberate alone time. Yeah. Okay. Because I find that I have enough, almost too much when they're at school and it's really quiet. I actually have like either video or podcast on just because I need the noise. But then once they're home and there's too much noise, it's almost too much of a difference. So it hits me really hard sometimes. So yeah, maybe at a certain time after they're home, I just, even just five minutes might might do the trick, but work up to 15. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not to say that you do the littlest possible. You do the best for you possible because the best for you possible is the best mom you can be. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. Do you think you'll have any resistance to actually doing that and implementing it? Because then that becomes the new question. No, I th- I don't think so. I think any resistance is going to come from them. Yeah, you could call it like P and Q time, peace and quiet time. Yeah. You could even encourage the kids too. Maybe some of the kids are maybe a little bit more introverted or they want some time alone too. And you behaving in this way is showing them that it's okay for them to do it too. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember my mom was an introvert as well. And she would, if she had visitors, she'd take a cup of tea and go to her bedroom. And sometimes we'd go in and talk to her and she was fine with that, but she just needed the, you know, she needed to always get away too. So yeah, now that you mention it, because... 
me seeing her do it, I'm more apt to do it. So that would work for my kids as well. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. And then the screens and the beeps, it seems like that's kind of the other one. So what do you think you could do to overcome that? One idea I just thought of, I don't know what your thoughts are. Could you put it on, not airplane mode, but the the do not disturb mode? Or is that a bad idea for your situation? Yeah, it's probably bad because anyone who calls is either my husband or the school or something to do with, you know, family stuff. If, if I'm playing with them and the call comes in, I can take a call. It's I think it's more the lore of oh, what could be on Instagram or what uh, or if something beeps. So maybe if I turn off notifications would be a good thing. And then just knowing, I don't know, maybe have a set time when there's no phones and I just put it where I can hear if it rings. Wait, Kara, Kara, can you have deliberate screen time just like the kids? I totally could. Yeah. What if it's the whole family? So it's not like you're saying this is like, I have this level of access and you have that level of restricted access. What if everybody is on the same page? Yeah. Ooh. And it holds you accountable just as much as it holds the kids, but they know that you're not asking them to do anything that you're not doing yourself. Right. Yeah. Does that feel exciting? (laughs) I mean, that's what you're asking the kids to do. Yeah, exactly. It could be really interesting for them to see that as you talk about the family intentions and the family responsibilities and the family's deliberate screen time, that it's all the family. Everybody's got buy-in. Super. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps you do what you want anyways. Exactly. So how does that feel? Does that feel like something you'd want to do or does your ego have resistance? (laughs) No, my ego's like, you're crazy. You're not doing that. (laughs) But is there a part of you that loves the idea of maybe doing that? Yeah. Yeah. It's there, but it's the ego's like, you know, punching it in the face. Go away. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just an idea. I'm not saying you have to do that. Just a little idea. If it's really just like you said, the notifications and your own checking, it's going to be really hard for the kids to see you behave in a different way than they're behaving. I think it it really, I think adds to your ability to be compelling to them about the, it's not necessary, but I just think it's an opportunity. I'll have to try it. Yeah, I might have to go slow. My ego is like, no, don't. But yeah, I know, I know that it's a good thing. I know that it's something that I should do. I know, because it's like, it's easy to say the kids need to do it, but it's probably going to be hard for them and their egos too, right? So now you have a lot of compassion for what you're asking them to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you could even, if you if it feels scary to do it all at once, what if you make the whole family practice it and try it at a slower pace? Yeah, that could work. Just an idea. All right, cool. So now we've walked through. So we've got your intentions. We have the actions you want to do. We have some potential ideas for overcoming resistance like P&Q time and maybe deliberate screen time for the whole family and responsibilities, potentially using some ideas you get from the seven habits of highly effective families. How are you feeling? Good. I'm really excited. I'm going to go buy the book on Amazon right now. I hope it's as good as the people version. I'm sure. I love Stephen Covey. I would say he's like one of my OGs, my original teachers that I learned from. And I just find him, especially as a father, just such a compelling, principally led person that would be wonderful to learn about families from, I think. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. Awesome. Do you have any other questions for me by chance? No, I think I'm good. This is awesome. Cool. All right. Was there any things that you are most excited to implement going forward? I really like the 15 minutes P&Q. And I like if I'm taking out the screens, putting in the snuggles and the chats. I think that's what I'm most excited about. 
<laughs> I can see that they're getting ready. It's so fun. Well, I thank you so much for your time today and sharing with us. And I hope that these things go well for you and your family and that you find that P&Q and you have your safe haven for your kids. It sounds like they're very lucky to have you as a mom. Oh, thanks. This is a lot of fun. Thanks so much. 